You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Talking about things that I guarantee nobody else does. All right, I'm just going to ask you to consider trying it out. Number one, tell the person how you feel. I didn't say text the person how you feel. Right? I won't text. If Sarah and I were laying in bed, right, and we had some serious conflict with each other, you think we could handle it over texting? You think she'd be cool with that? Like, yeah, Eric, just text me your feelings. No, it doesn't work like that. You need to learn to communicate with each other face to face. Stats in HSM are showing we don't do that very well. Tell them face-to-face how you feel. Tell them what you see in them. Don't just say, man, you're really cute, or you're like the captain of the cheerleading squad, and I think that'd be really hot to date you. No, no, no. You tell them what you see in them. This is your opportunity to say, you know what I see in you? Over these last six months, I've seen kindness. I've seen gentleness. I've seen compassion. I've seen the way you talk with your parents or your friends, and I really admire that. And then tell them why you are sharing it with them now. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's the ultimate goal. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He said, a woman's heart should be so close to God that a man should have to chase him to find her. Isn't that cool? What, what, what if you young women and young men were saying, man, there's the only way I could be in a relationship with somebody is if they were pursuing Christ as passionately as I am. I know this triangle seems really simple, But this has been my experience, is that when he's over here and she's over here, and the focus is growing in your relationship with God, what ultimately happens is you actually grow closer together. And you don't grow closer in a codependent kind of way, in a kind of way that takes advantage of each other, where you're so self-absorbed and it's about you, but you grow together in your love and in your passion for Jesus. And I know, I get it, you guys, this sounds insane. But maybe, maybe it's worth trying. So you're ready to do this, okay? You're going, all right, I'm into him. She's into me. We're, we're, this is cool. I want something to happen here. Again, I know this sounds insane. Just, just maybe give it a try. Number one, let me talk to the guys. Guys, before you ask her to be your girlfriend, ask permission from her parents. Gentlemen, can you imagine if you did that? You know what you do? You know, when, when, you, when you ask her parents first, do you know what you do? You tell the parents by doing that, you say, hey, hey, you guys can trust me. You guys can trust me. And at the same time, you tell her, you can trust me. If you choose to talk with her parents first, because you think, if your relationship begins in secret, it's never going to be good. If you're dating her and she's not allowed to date, or you're dating him and he's not allowed to date, it's always going to end bad. And so choose, guys, go to her parents, ask her permission. Gentlemen, know what you want to say. If you have to write it on your phone, cool. Don't show up and just be like, I, she's, she's my same height and uh, we shot, you know, and like do not waste that time. Go up to her parents and tell them what you see in her. Guys, when you're sharing with her When you're sharing with her and you're asking her to be your girlfriend, make it meaningful. 
Make sure it's meaningful. Show her that you value her and that you care for her. Girls, respond prayerfully and honestly. Like if somebody asks you to be their girlfriend, literally pray about it. Think about it. Ask your friends about it. And then whatever decision you make, be honest. Don't string them along. Don't lie to make them feel better. Be honest. And then for both of you, commit to making Christ the center of your relationship. Establish physical boundaries. Honor each other because it brings glory to God. Share your decision with at least one adult. And then expect respect always. Expect respect always. And then lastly, number four, Step number four, have a game plan. So let's talk about accountability. Invite a friend and an adult leader to hold you accountable. Have three focuses in your relationship. So these are the focuses of your relationship. Seek Jesus first. Keep your friends close. There's nothing worse than when somebody starts dating somebody and they ghost you and they literally never talk to you again and they're just with their boyfriend or girlfriend. That's the worst. Don't do that. Keep your friends close. And then number three, honor God together. I gave you a list in your notes. I'm not going to go over it right now of what it looks like to honor God together. So I want you to go into your life groups and I want you to chat about those things. But before you do, before you do, here's where we're going next Wednesday. The goal of every healthy marriage is to use these three words in the right order. I'm going to teach you three words that determine whether you are gonna have a healthy marriage or not. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. I pray that you would be with every single life group tonight as they unpack singleness and dating. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, we've been dating for two years. I really love Jesus. She's not in a relationship with Jesus, and I feel like I should break up with her. And then he said this, he said, what should I do? And you know what I told him? Honestly, I was like, Nathan, I'm not prepared for this because I never expect anyone to actually take my advice. You know what I mean? Like, I've been preaching to my HSMers. They don't do it. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you, right? But I checked in with Nathan. Nathan got off the bus at camp, broke up with his girlfriend, and here's what he, here's what he said. Here's what he said when I talked to him. He said, it's been really hard. He was honest. He said, it's been really hard, but it was the right decision. So I don't know exactly what decision God is going to call you to make as we're in this series. Tonight, we're talking about singleness and dating. Next Wednesday, we're talking about marriage and sex. Week three, we're bringing in a guest speaker who's going to be talking about porn, lust, and we're going to be doing a Q&A session. And then our final week, we're going to be doing guys' night and girls' night led by your student leaders. I don't know what decisions God is going to call you to make throughout this series, but all I'm going to ask you to do is be open to that, to just be open to the decision that God desires for you to make and then be willing to step forward in that. So throughout this series, we want to be hearing from you. And so if you have questions, the number that you can text, it's anonymous, is 909-713-4152. You can text your anonymous questions. And on week three, on week three, we are going to answer many of your texts. In fact, we're not going to have life group time. Instead, we're going to have like 25 minutes of answering questions. And so text in your questions. We're going to try to get to those as quickly as possible. Now, a few weeks ago, we surveyed you. We didn't go out nationally and, and try to find out what's going on in teenagers nationally. We wanted to discover what is going on in the relational world of teenagers in HSM. 
Well, we, de- we collected all that data. It was all anonymous. Courtney and Nicole assembled it together. And I want to share with you some of the findings from our community here that are ultimately shaping the reason that we are doing this series. Number one, 90% of students in HSM want to be married, okay? 90% of you, when you were surveyed, you said, hey, we want to be married. Awesome, so we need to talk about that. Number two, 58% of girls have seen pornography. Some of these stats are going to alarm you. Some of them are going to shock you. When we talk about pornography, we're not just talking about it being a guy struggle. We're talking about it being something that a lot of us struggle with. The next thing we found is that 89% of guys have seen porn. That's why we're going to spend a whole night talking about that. The next fact we found, 66% of guys who are viewing porn regularly are also sexually active. You know what this tells us? This means that when, when we believe the myth or the lie that Pornography is just something we can engage in by ourselves and it doesn't hurt anybody, it doesn't impact anybody, it doesn't spill over into the other relationships in our lives. Statistically, in our community, it's just not true. That when we engage in this stuff, it, ins- it, it creates even a greater desire to ultimately be sexually active. The next stat that we found, 5% of girls have asked a guy for a nude picture. Gentlemen, nobody wants to see it, okay? That's just what we're finding. That's just what the data is showing. The data is showing. Gentlemen, nobody wants to see it. God created it. Hold on, hang with me. And guys, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to talk about sexes like rainbows and ponies. I mean, we're going we're to talk real stuff. Gentlemen, nobody wants to see it, okay? God made it. Nobody wants to see it right now. All right. This, this fact, this one terrified me. of the girls that we surveyed have been asked for a nude picture. You know what that tells me? That tells me that for many of you young women, that's just kind of a normal thing that you've experienced. And I I, want to challenge that, and I want to ask us guys to make commitments that we're not going to be those kinds of guys. Because our young women are being bombarded with requests to show the most intimate parts of them that God desired for them to share with a husband and a wife someday in that, in that relationship, and they're being treated as objects. So we're gonna talk about that. When we asked you guys about your high school relationships and how you guys communicate, here's, here's what we found, is that the primary way that when y'all are in relationships and you're communicating, the primary way you communicate, 37% of you, it's through social media, For 34% of you, it's text messaging. In person and calling is only 15 and 13%. What this tells us is that so much of the interactions that are happening in your significant dating relationships are happening online. They're not happening in person or even over the phone anymore. And so we are going to talk about this. But tonight, we're talking about singleness and dating. I want to begin with this big idea that's really important that kind of will undergird really this whole series, but especially tonight, and it's this. God wants to use your relationship status for your good and his glory. 
God wants to use your relationship status, whether that's single, whether that's dating, you're in a serious relationship, you're just getting to know somebody. God wants to use your relationship status for your good, meaning he wants it to be beneficial to your life. So if you're single, God is not saying, man, I just can't wait for them to date and get married. No, no, no. God wants to use your singleness for your good. And if you're dating, you better believe it is not about you and it's not about you getting fulfillment and you doing whatever it is that you want to do with them. No, no, no. God desires for your good, like you would become a more Christ-like person through that relationship. But that ultimately, whether you're single, dating, or whatever your relationship status is, that it would be about God's glory, that it would be about bringing people to God. Now, here's the thing, guys. I get this. Even as I'm talking about this right now, I know nobody thinks this way about relationships. I get it that tonight's message, everything, probably everything we're gonna share throughout this series is not like popular things. You're gonna go, oh yeah, that like that makes sense. Or oh yeah, my friends, like we all do that. No, no, I get that this is crazy. But can I just ask you a question real quick? Raise your hand if you yourself or if somebody close to you has been really significantly hurt by a relationship that they've been in. Raise your hand if you or somebody you know has been significantly hurt by a relationship they've been in. Can you just look around the room real quick? Do you see what I see? Can I just say this? The way we're doing it ain't working. The way we're doing it ain't working. So here's all I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm just gonna ask you, Joseph, I'm gonna ask you to consider, to consider a change of perspective, and maybe a change of approach. Your relationship status is also not your identity. Well, I, I know you, you start dating. You, I mean, literally, you text each other, and they say, yeah, all right, cool, we, we can go to that dancer. Yeah, we can be boyfriend or girlfriend. Or and it's like immediately on your Instagram bio is the wedding ring and then their name, right? And it's like, you just started texting each other. Like you just started texting each other. And now you got the wedding ring and the heart and all that stuff. And you got the wedding date scheduled. Like what is wrong with you, right? I get that. Here's the problem. We have so connected our identity, meaning how we feel about ourselves, our worth and our value. We have so connected it to whether we're dating somebody or not. It is not your identity. It is instead a platform that God wants to use for your good and his glory. So let's talk about singleness. Let's talk about some singleness goals. Number one is this. Marriage is not God's primary goal for your life. Following him is the goal. Let this sink in for a little bit. God is, not, God is not like Cupid in the sky in little undies shooting arrows trying to hook people up. That's not God. God's primary goal is not, oh man, I can't wait for that person to get married. That's their only focus. No, no, no. His entire goal is that you would follow him. I mean, look at Jesus. Never married, never had sex. Completely fulfilled what he was supposed to do. Paul, the apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, never was married, never had sex, lived a completely fulfilled life. You have been sold, and I have been sold, a lie in our culture, and the lie is this. Sex is the most important thing you could ever experience. Who you're sleeping with, how, how many people you're sleeping with, that, that is primarily the most important thing. And in fact, what culture has told you and me is that sex is what it means to be human. And it's not. It's a lie. Sex was a gift that God created for us. But the primary definition of what it means to be human is to follow Jesus, is to be a follower of God. I want to show you some scripture verses 
Jesus, he says, some Pharisees came to, or some Pharisees in Luke chapter, or Matthew 19, it says, some Pharisees came to Jesus to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that the beginning, that in the, at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Verse eight, Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it is better not to marry. And Jesus, see, they wanted to talk about marriage. Jesus uses this opportunity to teach a a culturally uh, scandalous and and a completely unique way of seeing what it means to be human. Because back in that day, To be married, to have a family was the most important thing you could do. And then here comes Jesus and he says these words. Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs, these are people who have been castrated, who cannot procreate, who cannot be in relationships. Not everyone can accept what has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs, meaning people who have chosen to be single for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, the one who can accept this should accept it. See what Jesus is saying here? He's not saying God's goal for you is to get married. God's goal for you is to be faithful. And if that's single or married, it's the same goal. Paul, when he talks about marriage, listen to these words. He says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Where's Christina Dway? Is she here? There she is. I remember, I know, like last year when I was talking about this, I know I broke her heart. You don't have a soulmate. There is no soulmate out there for you. You do not have a soulmate. There are, there are wiser people that you could marry and people that maybe it'd be better for you not to marry, but there is not one soulmate out there for you. When the scripture talks about it, it says, hey, if you want to marry, go be married. It doesn't say pray and God will show you in a dream, that is your man, you know what I mean, or that is your woman. It just doesn't say that in the scriptures. I know, I'm sorry, you don't have a soulmate, but God, but here, but I need to say this, because Christina corrected me on this, last year we talked about this, God does know if you're going to marry somebody, right, I mean, God knows that, and if you're going to marry somebody, God knows who you are going to pick, but God is not forcing you into a relationship, God might give you the opportunity to choose that relationship, so God knows, but he's not forcing you into that, and then check out what Paul says, Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give you a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Amen. And I want to spare, I love being married. It's the best. It's awesome. But there's troubles that come with it. Sarah's not here. She, um, 
Yeah, what did it say? All right, verse 32, verse 32. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man or woman is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. That is God's desire for your life, is that your attention would be fixed on pleasing him. Do you see how this is not the message you're seeing when you're watching The Bachelor right now? Do you get that, right? Like, do you see how it's a different message? Do you see how when you watch any TV shows or movies that are focused on boy meets girl, do you see how the relationship you're hearing in culture is totally different? The message you're hearing is find somebody quick, sleep with them as soon as possible, and you will have fulfillment. And the scriptures say, seek to please the Lord. And that's where true fulfillment comes. So if you're single right now, if you're single right now, here's some single life goals for you. Number one, make Jesus your priority, not dating. Do not be obsessed with dating. Be obsessed with Jesus. Number two, singleness should not be, or singleness should be prized, not pitied. You don't look at somebody who's single and say, oh man, they're missing out. No, no, no. What their relationship status right now being single is to be prized because they can give their full devotion to what it is that God has called them to do. Number three, and maybe some of you, 90% of you say you want to get married. That's awesome. That's phenomenal. Here's what you could do right now. Lean into and learn from the great relationships around you. Now, I'm actually not just talking about marital relationships. I'm talking about as you have people in your life, in your life group maybe, or at your school, or here at church, other people you serve with, and you just see, man, they're just a healthy person. They just seem to really love Jesus. Lean into those relationships. Don't sit in your room obsessed, waiting for that guy to DM you, hoping that something's going to happen. No, no, no. Get out and be in community. God wired you for community. God desires for you to be community. He doesn't always desire for you to date. But he always desires that you would be in community and in relationships with others. Now, when you see a husband and wife interact with each other, and you, you look at that relationship, you see, man, that is awesome. The way he treats her, the way she treats him, the health in that relationship, the respect in that relationship, man, that's something I want. Learn from those relationships. Take those people out. Text them. Ask them, hey, what's the secret to your relationship? Hey, how does it work in your relationship? How did you? Be curious. I was just thinking about this the other day. I think right now in our culture, one of the highest goals that we all have is to be the most interesting person in a room whether that's what we're posting or the parties we're hanging out at, we want to be the most interesting person. We want to be the influencer. And the way we become influential is if we are the most interesting person in the room. You know what I've discovered? That it is far better to be the most interested person in a room. Choose to be somebody who's curious. Choose to be somebody who leans in and says, I don't have it all figured out. I don't understand how relationships work. I'm going to lean in. So if your life group leader is single, lean into them. Learn from them. Ask them even about other relationships that they've seen. They could give you lots of wisdom. If your life group leader is dating or is engaged or is married, lean in and ask them about those relationships. And then number four, time is your friend, not your enemy. I know some of you are like, if I don't meet Mr. Wright by the end of senior year, I'm going to be alone forever. No. 
Time is your friend. Especially if you're dating someone, I always tell couples this, like, date for at least a year before you get engaged or do that stuff because you don't know that person. You're seeing the best version of them. You need to see, like, the, like the bad version of them before you make a decision. Time is your friend. Now, many of you, 90% of you, desire to be married, and so hopefully you would date the person before you would marry. So what does it look like to date? Now, as I talk about this, you're going to have some questions. It's on your notes. Text in your questions. We're going to answer them in a few weeks. But what I want to talk about is very uncommon. Okay, I'm about to say some things that you are going to think to yourself, nobody does that, Eric, and I get it. I hear that. I hear that. But again, remember, how many of us raised our hands? How many of us raised our hands? Like all of us, right? So maybe, just maybe, trying a different approach would work. So here we go. Uh, First thing I want to say is this. There's nothing in the Bible about dating. There's a lot in the Bible about relationships. So you can't open to a specific book and be like, oh, cool, they like DM'd and then like they started dating. They went to Panera together and like then they met her dad. Like, it just doesn't happen. It's not, in, it's not in the Bible. But there's a ton in the Bible about relationships. So I just want to be honest with you guys. The verses I'm going to be sharing with you, I'm pulling these verses that are talking about relationships and I'm applying them to dating. Another thing I want to say, I say this to you every single February. I say this to you every single February. And I feel like some of you just, like, you, you, you forget it because you just think he's so hot, right? Or she is, like, so cute and you're so into her. Can I just remind you of this? You can't always choose who you are attracted to. Here's the thing. Some of you are attracted to the bad boy, right? Like, like he walks by you and he kind of, like, dogs you with your eye or whatever. And you're like, he's so fine. You know what I mean? You're just, you are into him, right? Or... Or some of you guys, some of you guys, some of you guys, like that girl, she's like, boom, like sways her hair, and it's kind of like, and, and she's just kind of like mean to her friends, and every once in a while she'll be nice to one person, and you're like, she's hot. Like, you know? <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not interested. I'm not even interested in trying to change who you are attracted to. Like, I don't even need to, I don't even want to fight that battle, okay? You may just be like, right now, I'm just attracted to the guy who is bad for me, Okay? I think as you spend time with Jesus, your attraction will change and you'll be more attracted to a Christian guy or a Christian girl who loves Jesus. But let's just say right now, you are attracted to somebody that you know is bad for you. That's cool, all right? Let's just hang in there for a second. This is so important. You don't have to date everyone you're attracted to. You can't always choose who you're attracted to. You always get to choose who you date. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about is, is that person a good fit for you? I'm not asking whether you're attracted to them. I'm asking you to deeply consider, are they somebody you should date? So here's what we're going to do for the next few minutes, and then we're going to get you into life groups. We are going to talk about dating goals, four steps. Number one, fix your eyes. Number two, check the price tag. Number three, be intentional. And number four, have a game plan. Are you all having fun? Are we having a good time here? All right, let's keep going. Here we go. Y'all are going to be so mad at me at the end of this message, but that's okay. Here we go. Step number one, if you are thinking about dating, all right, if you are thinking about dating, I'm just going to ask you and beg you to think about following these four steps. I'm just going to ask you to try it. I've had literally like two HSM students in the last six years I've been here who I think have actually tried this, and it's actually like worked out well for them. Even there's, there's a couple that uh, Courtney and I were talking about who they dated for a long time, and then they broke up. But they followed these steps, and even when they broke up, they could still hang out as friends. They could still talk to each other. They didn't have any regrets. 
So I just want to challenge you to consider these four steps. Number one, step number one, fix your eyes. What I mean by that is it's all about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, one to two says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, meaning the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Some of you walked into this room and you're like, what is God's plan for my life? Let me answer that for you. God's plan for your life is that you would fix your eyes on Jesus. Your attention, your attention would not be on how she looks, how he acts. Your attention would be on Jesus, that you would fix your eyes on Jesus. Essentially, I'm saying, if you are not close with Jesus, I do not think it's a wise time for you to date. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus said it in another word. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus prioritizes it. All of scripture prioritizes it. Loving God and fixing your eyes on Jesus is step number one. So if you're in this room right now and you're not close with Jesus, I would challenge you to prioritize that relationship above any other dating, romantic relationship in your life. Some of you might be like so close to saying yes, so close to beginning that relationship. Can I just ask you to pause and just think? I know it sounds crazy, but to just pause and think for a minute. Are you close with Jesus right now? Are your eyes fixed on him? Because I believe if you don't get step one right, it's gonna be impossible for you to do step two, step three, and step four. That step, step one is absolutely essential. Step number two is this. Check the price tag. What I want to talk about is this idea of pursuing friendship with somebody that you're interested in and ultimately using discernment about whether that person is a good fit for you. So I love telling this story. My sister, uh, Jenny, we were at uh, the mall and, and all the other sisters were together and, and we went into the store Anthropology. Has anyone ever been into Anthropology? Okay, you know Anthropology. So a candle at Anthropology is $10,000, okay? So that's how expensive it is. It's really crazy there. Their clothes are ridiculous. They're cute, they're awesome, but they are expensive. Now, Jenny and I are sitting off to the side and all the sisters are running towards the clothes. And they start grabbing these clothes and they're trying them on and they're loving it. And they're like, oh, this outfit's so cute. And what's happening is they are getting so connected. They are getting so bonded. They are falling in love with the clothes that they are wearing and they failed to check the price tag before ever trying it on. And then Jenny, Jenny said this line. She said, check the price tag before you try it on. It'll save you a lot of heartache. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to consider pursuing friendship before you pursue dating that person. That before you just so quickly say, yes, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, let's date. No, that you would say, no, I am going to pursue friendship. Well, as you're pursuing friendship, what you're doing is you're getting to know them. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 31. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. When you are friends with somebody long enough, you know what is honorable about them. 
You know about the things that they've done. You know about the kind of person that they are. Check out this one. I love this. Colossians chapter 3, 12. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I, I thought about not saying this, but I'm just going to say this. It didn't go over well at camp. I'm just going to say it to you. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. If the person you are interested in dating does not exhibit those qualities, break up with them. If the person you are considering investing so much emotional energy in that you might in the future marry, because that's ultimately what dating is pushing towards, if they are not compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, and patient, don't waste your time. Now, none of us are perfect at this. I'm not saying look for the perfect person. You won't find them. You don't have a soulmate, and there's no perfect people, okay? But if you don't see significant glimpses of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, you're setting yourself up for a very painful relationship. Here's here's why. If somebody's humble, it means that they'll listen to you. It means that they won't disregard your comfort zone, your values, You see, do you want to be with somebody who's arrogant? Do you want to be with somebody who's ultimately selfish? Who it's all about them? Or do you want to be with somebody who's gentle and who's kind? Ladies, guys too, but ladies. If the guy you're dating right now, or the guy you want to date, doesn't have those descriptions, just say no. You don't have to date him because you're attracted to him. You get to say no. Because this is the kind of qualities that you ought to be looking for. And these are the kinds of qualities that get developed when, or that you can witness and see when you are friends with them. I really believe this, you guys. Friendship is the best way to determine if you are a good match. Now, I've said this before. I know this number sounds crazy. I want to challenge you. If you're thinking about dating someone, be best friends with them for six months. No flirting, no cuddling, no hand-holding, no smooching, no nada. Just friends, just getting to know each other, hanging out with each other in groups, pursue a friendship for six months before you date them in order to determine, do they have those qualities? Here's five signs that they are a friend worth keeping. Number one, they are more concerned with your heart and less concerned with how you make them look. Number two, they stick with you when others bail. Number three, they speak positively about you in public or with other people and lovingly challenge you in private. Number four, they are honest with you. And number five, they respect you in public, in private, and over text and social media. I feel like this is pretty obvious, but if any guy or girl is asking you for nude pictures, is asking you to do things that you're not comfortable doing, that is not a sign that they respect you. That is a sign that they look to use you. That is a sign that they think of you as a tool. Young ladies, if if a guy asks you for nude pics, he does not care about you in the slightest. Like literally, he is just looking for a selfish good time that is all he's interested in. That's all he wants. And you deserve better than that. Make sure that they're respecting you in public and in private. Now, part of when you're friends, part of what's happening is you're discerning 
Check out the definition of discern. It's to look closely with full attention, to perceive, to distinguish something with difficulty by sight. You cannot discern whether they're a good person for you to date in one hour. You can't discern it in a week. You can't even really discern it in a month. You need to give time to discerning whether they are the right person for you. In uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, Paul says some pretty harsh words. He says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This idea of being yoked together was like two ox that were, um, har- that were uh, uh, harvesting a field. What is the phrase? I don't know what they're doing. They're uh, plowing a field. They're plowing a field. The idea is that the ox would be tied together. What he's saying is that if you are in a significant relationship, a romantic relationship with somebody who doesn't also love Jesus, it's not wise. And before you say I do, before you get married, make that decision from the very beginning that Jesus is going to be your greatest common denominator. You guys, Sarah and I have been married almost 11 years. It'll be 11 years this summer, which is awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. There has been no greater influence in every decision we've made than the fact that we both love Jesus. And as we've made decisions about how to spend our money, you know we tithe 10% here to this church? We give 10% of all the money that we get to the church. Can you imagine trying to convince somebody who doesn't love Jesus to give all that money away? When it comes to our parenting, when it comes to our kids, how we're gonna raise our kids, it's, it's all about Jesus. How we're gonna spend our time Sometimes I've gotten late phone calls from you guys when I'm home and I just want to hang out and you guys call and there's something really heavy going on in your life. My wife is like, yeah, you need to be there because she gets it. You see, everything about our life is shaped by our relationship with Jesus. If we didn't share that, it'd be so tough. And here's the thing. I know lots of couples who started dating and one of them said, oh, I'm going to win them to Christ. And more often than not, sometimes it works. But more often than not, both of their faith, both of their relationship with God becomes weaker. It doesn't become stronger. Maybe ask yourself these questions as you're discerning if you're going to date that person. What do the Christian adults in your life think? I just challenge you, if you're thinking about dating a guy or a girl, would you consider asking your life group leader, hey, should I date him? Hey, should I date her? And if right now you're like, oh, I would never ask my life group leader, that's probably a sign you shouldn't date him. If you're going, you know what, I, I, I know they wouldn't be down with it, God's probably not down with it either. Maybe another question to ask yourself, what do your Christian friends think? Your other friends who love Jesus, would they be honest with you? Maybe ask yourself these two questions. Is this relationship good for me? Like, am I in an emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy place to be in a relationship? Number two, is this relationship good for them? Maybe you're doing great, you're solid with the Lord, but this person, and they're struggling right now. Things are really hard. Maybe a relationship, a romantic relationship, is not what they need. Now, I just want to pause because I feel like maybe there's some people in the room who you don't know Jesus, and you're like, what is this guy talking about, right? I, I totally understand that this sounds crazy, and God's desire for you is to begin at step one. 
to just recognize that, man, if you're going to have a kind of relationship that ultimately is for your good and his glory, it's going to begin in a relationship with Jesus. And that is available to anyone at, every time, at any time. And in fact, you can talk with your leaders about that later if you find yourself in that place. Step number three, be intentional. Communicate and honorable dating. So if let's say you're going, all right, man, we've been friends for six months. Life group leader says it's cool. Christian friends say it's cool. Man, we-